Welcome to Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever's On the Wing Podcast. Buckle up and ride shotgun as we cover everything you need to know about the uplands. The habitat. The hunting. And of course, your favorite bird dogs. The campfire is uh, roaring. It's actually roaring, blowing a little smoke. There uh, are Aaron Blackschmidt, our videographer, and, and Wade Zarlingo, a uh, gentleman who was on last week's podcast or last episode, um, getting steaks ready on the grill in front of us, baked potatoes. That's one advantage. Holy cow, we got giant T-bones. Aaron's holding one up for us. Um, the advantage, once again, of llamas on a hunting trip. Absolutely. Arizona backcountry llamas. And Chris Dunn from our podcast we recorded last night is in the background. And again, the sun over the western horizon with mountains changing colors as we look out over Living Oak, right? Al, did I get that live, right? Live Oak. Live, gosh, I keep saying Living Oak and it's Live Oak. <laughs> Have you screwed that up, Matt? I just didn't even try. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got uh, um, just gorgeous, gorgeous scene at camp. Uh, Matt Kaharski, chairman of the board, Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever, my good friend, uh, back with us on this podcast to talk about his side of the hunt because Matt, Wade, and Aaron, our camera contingent, um, went off one direction. And then L, our Western, L Iden, our Western Regional Director for Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever, we went another direction. We found a different direction. We found a different direction. Um, and we're going to talk with Al, who lives down in Arizona. And that, that's where I want to start. Yeah, yes, listeners, I'm, I'm teasing the hunt. We're going to get to the hunt. <clears throat> but I wanted to start with the, kind of the uniqueness of Sinoida, Patagonia, Nogales, yeah. this, um, this little Valhalla of uh wow you're uh, building it up it is i mean don't you think it's it's about as pretty a place matt's giving me grief which um is part for the course i think you can see odin from here yeah (laughs) wow (laughs) it it is about as beautiful a place you can chase your bird dog it is amazing this place is beautiful and uh i just i'm so happy matt and you and bob are down here to come experience kind of this arizona Hunting, you know, and the southeast part of the state is, is the quail mecca, right, of, mm. for Arizona. And Sonoida, Patagonia is kind of the epicenter of that. And a big part of big part of western hunting is, is the, the entire experience, at least in my mind, mm-hmm. what I've kind of come to learn. And so there's a reason that I put you guys in Sonoida for a night before I got down mm. there. Mm-hmm. So you guys got to experience the, the Sonoida Inn, the world famous mm-hmm. Sonoida Inn, what a right? Cool place. You yeah. got to go to the steakhouse, you know, in the you know, in the middle of nowhere. Right across the right across the parking lot. Um, that's all part of the experience, right? Mm-hmm. So you come down, you're in this beautiful area, you're coming through these big valleys, you're seeing hills and stuff, and you stop in this barn looking thing, right? And you're like, I bet you're kinda wondering what I got you into there for a minute, you know. <laughs> well, when we came over the horizon and saw that, I was like, Huh, that that's decent you know it's mm-hmm. not a no-tell motel which matt and i have stayed in before too yeah, um and, but then you open the door to the sonoida Inn and oh it's just so it, cool it's about it's a, it's, as yeah, good it's a, a bird hunting 
hotel yeah. as, as I've ever seen. Well, and it was full of bird hunters. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you know, it was kind of a nice community where you had bird hunters from all over the place kind of convening here to talk about where they'd been, where they were going to go, and some with outfitters, some freelancing, and talking about different dogs. It, yeah. was, it, was, it was a neat little thing. And that's exactly why I put you there. That, that is a known hub for for anybody that comes to Arizona mm-hmm. to go hunting. If you go to Sonoida, you stop at the Sonoida Inn, and you go talk to other people about their experiences. And if you get to stay there, it's a pretty cool place like you guys mm-hmm. saw. So is just... It's a nice neat, rooms. Yeah, nice yeah. Rooms. It's just a neat little little place. And, you know, Sonoida is a teeny little town. Patagonia is about 15 miles away. They both are, you know, a big part of their whole culture and who they are and their business is quail hunting. Mm-hmm. And it's one of these things that, that I'm looking for in the West to kind of build build off of. There's all these little towns, all these little places, all these cool experiences you can have. And these towns are built around, at least a portion of their economy is built around visitors coming to experience some different bird that they can't experience everywhere. Yeah. And uh, and Sonoida has got Gamble's quail, Mern's quail, and really Mern's quail is what everybody comes down for. But the, the Gamble's and the scale quail are all, everything is within a 45-minute drive mm-hmm. from there. So you get this neat town, quaint town, good stuff to be with, interesting people that you get to meet, and then you're in the middle of a whole bunch of really cool quail country that's almost completely surrounded by public land. Mm-hmm. So you can go anywhere you want. It was, you mentioned the uh, the steakhouse next door to the Sonoida and Matt. We rolled into town and we walked across the parking lot, went into the steakhouse, mm-hmm. and we ate in the bar. Neither one of us are, are big drinkers, but we ate in the bar because it, it was a Packer Vikings game. Yeah. And it was a really fun experience because the bar was full. But it was quiet enough where you could hear the TVs, and half of the right, <laughs> half of the bar <laughs> was watching Yellowstone. Oh. <laughs> yep, and I mean into it, locked like the, in. The yeah. crowd was louder for Yellowstone than it was for the football game. Well, deservedly so. For <laughs> it wasn't a very good football game. Yeah. Yeah, but the the game. other side, the right side, was you know, and it wasn't as many. It was maybe a third of the the bar the, was watching it. Packer Vikings. Um, but it was, and then there's a little gift shop off the side of the the steakhouse, and Matt, y- you pulled me in there. Mm-hmm. Like, check this out. Yep. Yep. A couple cool little paintings or prints of Merns. Yeah. Yeah. I think I might have Bob picking one of those up on his way. Yeah. They, they, oh I mean, yeah. Gorgeous. And it yep. was like I don't know, eighty-five bucks for mm-hmm. you know, custom hand-drawn, yep. Yep. right? Yep. Not a print, just like just a, a custom hand-drawn yeah. deal. Yeah. The the and the steakhouse itself. I mean, they're they're a big sponsor of our chapter that's down here. And mm. I don't know if you saw. Yeah, I saw a sticker out there. Did you, did you see the big? Yeah, and they proudly display Quail Forever sport, supporter in there. They're they're huge into the quail, and the reason is again, it's quail bring people to them from the months of uh, you know Mern starts in December so it's really December through February but even before that when 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 the gambles and scalies open in mid mid-october people mm-hmm. are starting to trickle down you mm-hmm. know and so uh, those two places especially and then if you go across the street from the the gas station there there's a little smokehouse kind of thing if you mm-hmm. go in there I don't know if you guys went in there or not but they got t-shirts galore that are all quail focused you know? really oh, oh wow. yeah yeah you can go out. in there and see the uh, <laughs> they're always different every year and uh 
the last one was, you know, weekend forecast, 100% chance of quail hunting. You know, so they had a big <laughs> yes. gambles quail on there, too, you know, yeah. so I was really proud of that, hey, you hey, know. Hey, so I, I also have to put in a plug for the ice cream shop and their breakfast burritos. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah you've was, been talking about that. That was, I, and I was talking, I mean, I'm thinking about it now in a good way. It was, you know, the other morning. It was really good. Yeah. Well, you mentioned when it, the community at the Sonoide and they're all bird hunters, and I... I pulled in, and I think Matt went across the street. I don't remember what you had to do, but you left. Oh, you went to get a make sure that the steakhouse was open yeah. and late enough for us to eat. And I started talking with a younger guy at the back of his Toyota um, Tundra. He had an English pointer in there, and he was, uh, oh, you guys here for the bird hunting? Yeah. He's, like, uh, he's probably late 20s, early 30s. He, he's from Phoenix. And he comes every weekend. Yeah. And, like, this is the place to be. I just love this area. And, you know, what's it from Phoenix? Three-hour shot? It's about a three-hour three shot. A little less if you have a heavy foot. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and, if, and if you've never been here before, if you know Phoenix and Scottsdale, this is completely different. Oh, yeah. I mean, you don't, you know, when you think about, if you've never been to Arizona hunting, you think about Arizona hunting in, in that area. This is just it's it's so completely different it's amazing yeah. and for me i can't um talk about this area Sonoida, patagonia without talking about jim harrison yeah. and you guys i know you're not as into jim harrison yeah. as i am maybe. <laughs> but you know here's a guy that um wrote his most famous book um which was a novella legends of the fall made into a great big movie grew up in the UP, right? Yeah. So I have a special connection there. Spent his falls in Montana, and his winters were in Patagonia. And um, he fell in love with the Mearns quail hunting down here, and you know, hunting Huns and Sharpies, and yeah. up up in Montana, and rough grouse and Timberdoodle. And, man, I wish I was as good a writer as he is, but <laughs> I, I followed in his footsteps in a few ways. And you know, the place we're gonna eat. I think as we leave town, the yeah. last night in town was his haunt. And uh-huh. tell me about this place. The Copper Brothel? Yeah. yeah like, apparently co- he ate there every night. So the Copper Brothel opened up maybe 10 years ago. And again, it was it was kind of built out of out of not just quail hunters, but there's other tourism there, right? There's It's a wine country and all that mm. stuff. Well, they wanted to be a little bit different, so they opened up a brew pub. Mm. But they decided to really try to make it like a, a good brew pub, right? The food is top-notch, mm. and, you know, and they, and they put a lot of effort into their beer and stuff. Well, that's become kind of the local hangout. You know, mm. the steakhouse is where everybody goes. But if you mm. go to the Copper Brothel, that's that's where you go if, you if you, you know, you're kind of here. And uh, But that's where you get to meet interesting people that are tend to be, like you're talking about, people that come here to experience these landscapes for the winter, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, you know... Um, our chapter is the exact same way, Bob. I didn't know, and Matt, I don't know if you know this about our chapter, but we, we got a, a pretty vibrant chapter out of Sonoida. Um, but its membership is probably 75% non-residents. Oh, okay. Wow. It's, uh, the chapter leadership is a mix of mix of it, but there's a couple people that live here year-round, mm-hmm. right? They're kind of the, the president, the ones that really keep the wheels rolling. But that, that chapter survives on people that come to Arizona to yeah. go quail hunting in Sonoida. Yeah. And so. Well, I've, I've went too long without thanking um, a thor- Thoroughgood Boots, the official boot sponsor of Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever, and Alps Outdoors, um, the sponsor, both Thoroughgood and Alps, the sponsor of uh, this particular hunt, which we're going to turn into a short film that our listeners can then That's become so cool. watchers, viewers. 
um, in a few months. Um, so thanks to Thoroughgood Boots, we've been um, putting those boots to the test. Hey, those boots got to work out today. And the camping gear got uh, tested last night because it was it was, yeah, chilly. it was chilly. It was yeah. in the 30s, not as chilly as the night before. But uh, I had a, a mummy tent, mummy-style tent, and, and two bird dogs that both wanted to be in the mummy-style. <laughs> mummy style up. Sleeping, sleeping bag. bag. So, I'm sorry, yeah. sorry sleeping yeah. bag. But my, yeah, you're right. Mummy-style sleeping bag, and both um, both dogs wanted to be in the, the sleeping bag with me. So it became a quilt, uh, and we all, we all snuggled. That's nice. Yeah, that's nice. I, I, the Alps tents were great. I just wish they were a little more soundproof because I'm, t- <laughs> I'm about 20 yards from everybody else. I could still hear snoring in at least three, t- three, three tents. <laughs> I think those were coyotes. Yeah, that had, <laughs> had to be. Had to be. Uh, All right, so let's, let's get to the meat of it. Um, we hunted hard today, and we didn't have a ton of action, but Matt, your group, which we broke up into two groups for a couple of different reasons, video reasons and also dog reasons. I had two dogs, right. and you brought Libby and Wade had um, um, Oakley, so two dogs uh, per group. So tell us about um, um, your experience today in, in your encounter. Well, we, the dogs are tired. I'm looking at two very, very tired dogs, and I'm looking at my feet, and they're really <laughs> tired as well. We put on... Well, the dogs put on 17 miles each, according to the GPS. Uh, we put on 13,000 steps, and according to my watch, we, 52, 52 sets of stairs. Hmm. If you wow. think about the amount of time we put on, we put up one covey um, in the morning, late morning before breakfast or before lunch. Dogs work great. They work great. Um, we were we started out working down in the in the bottom area a little bit more actually actually take it back we started out more up on top where the birds tend to roost and as they move down they move into the gullies so we kind of started on the side hills where where the sun was Mm -hmm. knowing they would move down and we put up a covey on the side of hill um probably nine ten birds um wade said it was a little more scattered than than what you'd expect Mm -hmm. normally they're a little bit more bunched up because they did break off three, four at a time, and um, or actually two, three, four at a time, and the dogs just their minds were blown. Mm. Um, it wasn't that they they didn't bump them or anything; they were just jumping all around them. The birds were getting up all around them, mm. and uh, and we tried to hunt a couple single. Wade took a couple shots, missed, um, held up on a shot, which I'm glad he did because he would probably take him baby's head off. <laughs> um, bird flew right over Libby's head. We went and chased some singles. Um, uh, got a couple of them up, had some misses, and uh, we thought, okay, okay, this is it. And then we hunted really hard the rest of the day, and we didn't put up any more birds. We found some sign. Mm-hmm. Um, we then, what we did, though, is as the heat of the day um, comes, you then move down into those gullies, into the shade, and they scratch in the shade. So we worked the bottoms a little bit more, and you're working, you know, basically what you're doing is you're looking for looking for these bottoms of canyons, so you just canyon jump from yeah. one to the next and that's a lot of work a lot of work so one thing if folks have n- never seen a Mern's quail before and they don't have a hand-drawn painting beautiful painting yeah. um in their office look them up and they have the Mern's quail have the biggest feet and legs mm-hmm. of any quail because they dig um yeah, their primary the yeah tubers, their primary yep. food source is these tubers mm-hmm. and one of the ways you're hunting them is you're looking for yeah. the the dig. And we found some sign we found some sign we we actually heard a couple birds mm. um toward the end of the day chris uh was he was deer hunting he pointed us to where he thought he heard birds and sure enough i came over a hill and i could hear way off in the distance i heard the heard a call hmm. 
Um, we just couldn't couldn't put it all together. But you know what? That's I mean, it's funny if you want if you hunted all day hunting you know WPAs in Minnesota and didn't put up a bird, it would be a bad day. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, you, yeah, you suppose you would um, expect to find something. Yeah, and you, you hunt all day here, and we put up one covey, and I had a blast. Yeah, it was yeah. so fun. It's I beautiful. Mean, the dogs, and, you know, I was really interested in how Libby would work in this kind of cover, and she was, you know, Wade just kept saying she's just hunting fantastic. I mean, she was, you know, working the working the scent, nose and trails, you know, we'd get to areas where we thought there were birds, and, and both she and Oakley work well together. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, it was just a, just a, one of those things where, you know, it's hunting. Yeah. Um, listeners, we, we used Onyx all day. Onyx yes. is a national sponsor. Onyx is pretty sponsor. critical. <laughs> it, pretty critical. It, it, very important tool, national sponsor of Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever, sponsor of the podcast. Um, download the app for a risk-free seven-day trial and use the code pheasants or quail during checkout for 20% off at onxhunt.com. That's onxhunt.com, 20% off using the code pheasants or quail. And, and onyx is really critical. Oh, you have to have it. Oh, my gosh. And as a reminder, um, save a map off-grid before yes. you get here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because um, and, and and you know there's this going to be a little geeky Onyx users make you know they tend to they tend to do the 2D or 3D switch to topo switch mm-hmm. to topographical so that you can really truly see those gullies and those canyons yeah. because otherwise you tend to just you tend to just look at the trees mm-hmm. and you can't really even tell that they're canyons and you pop pop the topo it's like oh wow we got to we got to cover these four fingers over here. Definitely, definitely have to have it. Al, um, you and I hunted all day to, together. We did. What, what's your perspective of what we did, what we uh, did right, what we maybe would do differently next time? And um, well, you know, I think I think we started off right. You know, we we got we went down into the bottoms kind of quick. We decided to hunt the basins and not get mm-hmm. up into the elevation. Um, and you know, we didn't find much sign early though. Mm-hmm. And that, that kind of struggled. So as, as the day got warmer, we started moving out of the gullies and kind of did the opposite hmm. of w- what you did. How'd that work out for it you? It didn't work well. <laughs> and so, so lessons learned, <laughs> lessons learned here is maybe we should have done that differently. But, you know, we, we covered a lot of ground and we hit a lot of different places. And so some of the stuff that we did is we, we hit a bunch of stuff, you know, to the east of our our camp and then mm-hmm. we bumped over and kind of bumped around you guys Matt yeah. mm-hmm. and went to the west and then then at the end of the day though that's when we started catching mm-hmm. a little bit more sign um down in those gullies mm-hmm. and so we never I didn't hear a bird though today no. and and I don't I don't know so yeah I'll I'll take I, I think um you know I made some calls not knowing right and you know we started low and moved high and we should have went the opposite well. um, potentially um and you know it is something that um you know coming out here my dogs are still getting used to the cover and the terrain and they're hunting I think closer than I want them to but you know one one thing that would be interesting is you know Oakley Oakley's the only dog owned by Wade who's hunted Merns before. Yeah. So it's interesting. She, like she was it, never out of hunt more than 100 yards. Is, did Libby run with Oakley? Libby like ran Mary? bigger. Really? A okay. little bit really? bigger than Oakley. Oakley probably ran, 
Oakley probably ran 60 yards out on average tops. Okay. And Libby would run maybe 10 yards average more than that. And so in theory, in. then my dogs were doing just, just fine. fine. Yeah. And, you know, what What heartens me is, you know, we didn't have any blown um, yeah. covey. I mean, there wasn't any blown birds. No. Yeah. <laughs> there was some fake outs because they yeah. were pointing doves, doves. Uh, doves. In, in bushes and um, doves are lucky that I. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. There was definitely <laughs> there, was there were moments doves this, with halos on their head. Yeah, for sure. safety came off and was like, "That's not a quail," and uh, you know, back on. But it was it, it was um, still learning experience, which yeah. you know I, th- I think is important too. Like we came down here once. With with a guide, mm-hmm. now we're down here with friends doing a little bit, you know, DIY, and there's a learning curve there, right? I That's would I would definitely read up a lot before coming, for sure, because it's so much country and so much, you know, if you're not if you're not used to this, you you sit here and you go, where do I start? Yeah, yeah. Well, even well, the onyx portion, like finding your way back, because. A lot of times I take newer rough grouse hunters, and you've heard me say this before, I box people in. Mm-hmm. I put them in a place where there's a road, a stream, a two-track, a railroad yeah. tracks, right? And, okay, you go walk here, and you won't get lost. You yeah, know, one right. way or another, there's going to be something that stops you. <laughs> here, here nope, um, nope. you need to figure out how yeah. to get back. Right? You need to pay attention. And well, and there's po- there are little pockets of public land out here. I mean, not private land. A little private. You got to watch for that. Big, yeah. big pub, public land. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Little, yeah. little, little spots of pri- uh, private that you want to be careful of. Yeah. The other thing is to to actually follow your track, whether it's on your dog. You know, if you've got a dog collar, or yeah. you, you want to tra- you want to follow your track because every canyon will look the same after a while. You go, did I hit this one? We had one spot where we were walking back and hitting a new canyon. It was like, uh, you know what? I'm standing on a blue line. Yeah. We already we already we walked this one. Yeah. All right, so <clears throat> I see the coals are are turning orange. They're becoming uh, steak sort of coals. Yep. So those T-bones are getting ready. Yeah, that rancher down there is going to be pissed. I, uh, <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I like my medium rare. So uh, it I'm doesn't a medium get, rare guy, too. We don't want to go too long on the podcast. medium rare for sure. So we're going to – I'm going to – have you start thinking about closing thoughts or final thoughts um before we get there um again a a special thanks to alps outdoors also the sponsor of our hunter mentor pledge pheasants forever and quail forever have partnered with alps outdoors to challenge upland hunters to preserve america's outdoor lifestyle by taking a new or lapsed hunter afield this year this is critically important to protecting the lifestyle we all cherish so much. Go to pheasantsforever or quailforever.org slash mentor pledge to pledge your support to take a new hunter who doesn't look like you and is not related to you, somebody new, into the outdoors. Um, become a mentor. It's so rewarding, and uh, it'll actually help you learn more about the birds you're chasing uh, than you could ever even ima- uh, imagine because you get those questions, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> what am I looking for? Or what are we doing? And some of that stuff has become second nature and you don't even question yourself. Uh, yeah. And when somebody else questions you, I think we all become a little bit better at what we do, whether that's as hunters, as dog trainers, or just frankly appreciating 
um, the experiences that we have. Absolutely. Hey, you sit here, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about that and you know, I'm, I'm an experienced hunter and I'm surrounded here by experienced hunters. I was intimidated starting today, mm. you know, thinking, what am I going to do? You know, how is this going to work? And you think about a new hunter getting involved in this just anywhere, you know, it's kind of up to us to, you know, step forward and take someone out. Yep. No, that's interesting you say you're intimidated. That's one of the things I was going to ask you guys. I don't know if we have time for this. Absolutely. Sorry, but, yeah. um, you know, you both are from the Midwest, and, and you've hunted all over the place, right? And so mm-hmm. coming out west, you know, one of the things I often hear is, well, God, I'm, I'm intimidated. It's this vast area. I could get lost. You talked about no borders, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, heck, you could go into mm-hmm. Mexico and not know it. You'd never know. There's mm-hmm. no there's no sign. There's no, mm-hmm. you know. So by intimidate, yeah. Matt, what were you thinking? Or what well, do you mean by it's that? A, it's a combination of factors. First of all, as I mentioned earlier, there are no boundaries. I mean, you you are walking forever. You, you don't know where to start. Um, you don't know whether to hunt high or hunt low. I've got a relatively new dog who's never been in this terrain before, so I'm paying attention watching the dog. And I'll go over a hill and not remember which hill I went over. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just one of those things where there's a whole lot going on. There's different kinds of critters out here, mm-hmm. you know. You know, and you hear stories Havelina. about javelina, yeah. and mm-hmm. then there's you know, then it, there's you know, there's all sort you know, there's lots of sharp stuff. Um, you got to have a lot of water. There's more safety involved here, so it's it's a matter of it's a combination of things. Yeah. Where, but, but I'd never do this alone. But doing this with you guys, uh, it's fantastic. But yeah, now that you've done it for a day, oh, totally. It, 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 totally. That intimidation goes away quick. Does Absolutely. It? Well, in fact, yeah. in fact, toward the end of the day, if we were going to get back earlier, I was going to just take a loop with with Libby by myself. And yeah. there's no way I would have done that yesterday. Yeah. No way. But today, I've been fe- I've been perfectly fine doing that. Yeah. And yeah. that's what I hear a lot, uh, Bob. What was your? You know, I'm just kind of curious what you're. Th- did well, you have any I, of that, or have you you've been comfortable <coughs> out here the whole time? Um, my comfort level in the age of GPS, whether yeah. that's um, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we mentioned Onyx mm-hmm. is invaluable. Um, whether you have a sport dog or a Garmin GPS e, e- collar for your yeah. dog, <clears throat> I mean, it's I I find myself wondering how pointing dog owners found their dogs right. twenty years totally. ago. <laughs> There's another <laughs> thing with 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 whether you're using Garmin or or, or um, uh, sport, sport dog. dog. If you've got a buddy with the same collar, pair up. Yeah, that was fantastic today to be able to have my partner also on my mm-hmm. unit, oh. and that was that was actually super helpful too. Because when we split up on either side of a canyon, and if I'm going the wrong way, I think I'm going the wrong way. I can look down and go, "Oh no, actually, he's only about sixty yards away from me on the other side of this hill." Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was super helpful today, yeah. and it took you know thirty seconds to set up. That's and cool. and and we we each had our dogs on each other's. Um, consoles as well hmm. so the, the intimidation factor for me you know would have historically been boy this is a big country i want to make sure yeah. i can find my way but and we even you know we we're looking like yeah. well are the this camp over there yeah. or over there and you figure it out it's yeah. not it's open ish country yeah. it's not it open country but right. you can get on a ravine and you know you look and you, you identify landmarks you know yeah. i'm looking mm-hmm. over my left hand shoulder at this um, I, 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 it's not a mountain, but yeah, it's, it's a, a knob. It's a, but it's but, but it's it got a, a lot of eyes on it today, yeah. right? And I <laughs> yeah. and it's got this seam of rock right. that's distinct. Very distinct. Yep. And I know that our our camp is to the left of that seam of rock, right. and I keep my eye on that, and that's been 
very helpful. Yeah. And, you know, you got a windmill out this mm -hmm. direction. And we're kind of, you know, our past, there's a little mm -hmm. nubbin in between. And so you sort of figure out landmarks. So that, you know, was relatively, uh, I, you know, any concerns I had were pacified as a result yeah. of, of those cool. things. Uh, beyond that, you know, I don't, I, you know, people always ask me about, rattlesnakes in the west no. you know i have zero concern about rattlesnakes right now because no, yeah. it's, cold. it's, it's plenty too cold, cold. They're, they're not moving um javelinas you know i've i've seen one javelina ever yeah. uh, people ask me about wolves when i'm rough grouse hunting i've never seen a wolf rough grouse hunting i've seen sign but you know it's i just think that some of those things are a little bit anomalies yeah. and be prepared and go enjoy it you only live See, once that's kind of and that's awesome because that that's one of the things i like to try to tell people is that a lot of people do call and say hey i'm going to come out from george and i want to go quail hunt is it really hard and you know i was like no it's not i mean it is there, there there's physically it's demanding. physically yeah. it's difficult but don't don't let yourself talk yourself out of this because no. you can do it study you know? up ahead of time yeah. and you'll be fine yep and make sure you're going with somebody yep so I but i do th so i'll circle back and say it again be in shape because yeah. that is this this is as I haven't chucker hunted, but my expectation is this is maybe one notch below chucker hunting, yeah. and everything else that I've done sort of pales in comparison from the up and downs. You yeah. know, I I think Matt, we Al and I walked a few further steps, but yeah. I think you guys were going up and down more because yeah. that you were with Wade, who is a, a more expert mm -hmm. Merns quail hunter. And had a we were putting on some miles trying to get to a spot that we probably shouldn't have, but <laughs> we couldn't but see the other side of the hill, so that, you know we audibled. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. but it was fun. It, it was, was a great. It was a great, great experience. Breathing big air. All right. Any uh, closing thoughts any, or any other questions uh, that you wanted to ask for somebody that you know? Here's two newbies. No, I, I just I'm just really curious to hear your experience. You guys already talked about it. It's been fun. It's been exciting. You know, and that and that's really what it's about for me when you come out to the west and what i want to try to promote is you can you can wait forever to get drawn for that elk mm -hmm. or you can come quail hunting every year and see the same country or maybe not mm -hmm. the same country as mm -hmm. elk. you can see beautiful country and come out and experience the west and still have a blast you know mm -hmm. and so it's just it's just one of those different types of messages i'm trying to get out so. to me there's a few hunts that are as visually like visually stunning no matter what happens, right? Like yep. I, I think about that flushing rooster in the shadow of the front range of the Rockies in Montana, yep. right? Yep. I think about um, fall colors, October 8th oh, in yeah. in the Great Lakes states uh, chasing rough grouse when it's like you're walking through a bowl of fruity pebbles. Yeah. Um, and, and I'd put this landscape you know the beginning of the year here we are january 2022 starting a new year with llamas with llamas, <laughs> with llamas. and this landscape is as gorgeous a place you will find um to chase upland and chasing upland birds are filled with beautiful places places that i haven't yet mm -hmm. been to mm -hmm. you know I, snake rivers in that mix oh, yeah. right yeah. Um, hell's canyon um but uh boy as I look across the scene, it's hard to beat. There is nothing like a Arizona sunset mm -hmm. in the winter. In the summer, the light is really bright, and you don't get it. But in the mm -hmm. winter, you get these 
purples and oranges. You guys saw them. Last yeah, night. last night we yeah, saw. It crazy. It, it's something that you just don't see that I don't even see anywhere in the West, mm-hmm. anywhere else. It's it's a, neat, a pretty neat spot. But anyways, I'll uh, I'll stop talking yeah. now about that kind of stuff. Yeah, what are your closing thoughts? Um, you know, I just uh, just appreciative to share experiences like this i love when people come out and visit and and just take advantage of the public lands that, that we have the opportunities that we have and uh i'm just just happy to be here with you guys yeah. thanks for the invite matt closing thoughts wow you guys have said so much you know i think that you know i'm trying to think how i translate this to someone who maybe first of all get out here try and get out get out to arizona experience this for sure <laughs> But even if you can't, there are public lands in your backyard. Mm-hmm. Take advantage of them. They're there for you. Um, there's game out there. And even if there's not game out there, it's just an opportunity to get out and experience, get, clear your head and experience the outdoors a bit. And I'm sitting here looking at this incredible country. And I know there's people who would say, well, you only put up one covey all day. It's so far from my mind right now <laughs> thinking about that. You know, just because of the, just because of... That's haunting, too. Yeah, and, and it's just about, every, you know, everything about this is just, it's it's just, you know, taking in that whole experience and having that perspective. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's a great point. That is. Are you hungry? <laughs> yeah. I'm hungry. Yeah. I, I'm hungry. My dogs have eaten. I haven't yet to eat. They're um, both curled up. Mine are both curled up so tight. <laughs> my, <laughs> my dogs are sacked out in yeah. that tent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, last night they were all up and crazy, and tonight they're all they all camped out in their spots. Uh, we're gonna watch the sunset, eat a T-bone steak. Life is good. It is. Thanks, good. fellas. Thank Thanks, you, Bob. Bob. Thanks, all Bob. right, folks. Uh, I'm Bob St. Pierre. Thanking you for listening and uh, leaving you with some important words. Well, l- first we're gonna we're gonna hunt tomorrow. Um. But you won't catch a podcast on tomorrow. You gotta wait a few months and watch the film when it comes out to see how this story ends. Uh, thanks again to Thoroughgood Boots, uh, keeping our most important <laughs> asset on this trip, our feet, protected and in good condition. And Alps Outdoors for providing all the camping gear for this llama camping quail hunt. Uh, it's been just a magnificent time, and you can see it for yourself in a few months. Um, again, thanks for listening, and always follow the dog. Something good will rise. Hey, everybody. Join me. I'm Hank Shaw, author of five different cookbooks focused on fish and wild game, including pheasant, quail, cottontail, as well as the website Hunter, Angler, Gardener, Cook. I'm going to be at the National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic coming up in Omaha, Nebraska on the weekend of March 11th. I'm super excited to be doing a seminar on how you can get more out of your upland game birds, and I'm also going to be cooking some awesome pheasant and quail dishes that you can sample on the cooking stage at Pheasant Fest. And at the main banquet, I'll be delivering a talk called Drumstick Diplomacy. This is where I'm going to connect my passion for wild foods and upland game bird hunting with Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever's mission to preserving the future of hunting and the future of habitat for not only the game birds that we chase, but also for the environments themselves. Join me at National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic by picking up tickets at pheasantfest.org. That is pheasantfest, all one word, dot org. See you there.